The Harper Record, A Mixed Bag, by Aaron Woodrick, read by Daniel Sherwin. It's hard not to wonder what Stephen Harper, circa 2005, would think about the Stephen Harper of 2015. As a study in political longevity, there's no question that he can claim great success, three election wins, with a greater share of the vote and more seats each time. But winning and keeping power alone tells us little about what he's actually accomplished during his decade in office. From the perspective of an organization that advocates for lower taxes, less waste, and accountable government, reviewing the Harper record is a complex affair. The result is truly a mixed bag. Taxes are unquestionably lower, thanks to income splitting, a 5% GST, business taxes down to 15%. But taxes are also much more complicated. Politically targeted tax incentives have multiplied, cluttering up the tax code. Much waste has indeed been cut, only to be cancelled out by newer and in many cases more expensive wasteful programming. On accountability, bold initial steps, such as impl the implementation of the Federal Accountability Act, the creation of the Parliamentary Budget Office, and more recently the passage of the First Nations Fiscal Transparency Act, have at times been overshadowed by the stonewalling of independent officers of Parliament, the use of government advertising for partisan benefit, and the scand and scandal in that perennial poster child for lack of accountability, the Senate. The general tendency of the Harper government has been to reduce the tax burden. Their default reflex is clearly, clearly to try to find new ways to empower individual Canadians and their families, rather than to impose taxes and fill government coffers. The broad vision is of a more efficient government, focused on the core things that government can and must do while respecting provincial jurisdiction. Unfortunately, the vision does not always match the action. For starters, they have almost always chosen the most complicated route possible. Rather than cutting income taxes, they have introduced boutique tax credits for favored political constituencies and created new entitlement programs. A classic example of the latter is the monthly universal child care benefit. The government could have simply cut income taxes in order to leave more money in the pockets of Canadian families. Instead, they opted for a universal program which allows Canadians to witness a benevolent government sending them a cheque, or more likely a direct deposit, each month. Undoubtedly, this is a better option than a national institutionalized daycare program, but it's far from ideal. Perhaps strangest of all is the persistent myth held in some circles that the Harper Conservatives have dramatically cut spending and emasculated government. Even controlling for population growth and inflation, federal spending is in fact up more than $15 billion since 2006. They've collected near record revenues and run seven years of deficits, which have added a further $150 billion to our federal debt. Whatever your take on the Harper government, the notion that they have been shrinking the state simply defies the empirical record. On the waste front, ending the long gun registry was a victory for opponents of waste, as was the elimination of the Canadian Weed Board. Political pensions have been radically reformed, so that politicians themselves are making a far greater contribution. Harper himself gave up $2 million in pension benefits under his reforms. Corporate welfare spending is down, although the government actually created new, new agencies for dispensing regional development subsidies. The bailouts of Chrysler and General Motors have been costly to taxpayers, 
while public sector compensation remains overly generous in comparison with equivalent private sector jobs. With respect to accountability, how do we reconcile the actions of a government that has brought in welcome new changes that improve accountability and transparency, such as the aforementioned Federal Accountability Act, Parliamentary Budget Office, and First Nation Fiscal Transparency Act, with public attacks on independent officers of Parliament, perpetual battles with the Supreme Court, and a default impulse to tighten control rather than let information flow freely? Perhaps most notably, when elected, Harper was more committed to Senate reform than any leader Canada has ever seen. And yet, between the scandal generated by his own senatorial appointments and the fact that his modest attempts at reform have been thwarted, first by opposition parties and later by the Supreme Court, Senate reform must be counted as amongst his greatest political liabilities. In summary, the Harper record provides plenty of fodder for both critics and supporters. It is neither one of resounding success nor unmitigated disaster. The Prime Minister deserves much credit on many files and can justifiably be criticized on others.